felt compelled after like a month and some change to sit here and <clears throat> come back and talk about some things that been in the news, some that you might know, some that you don't know. But what it is is that things have changed. The way things have changed, they changed for the better. Change is supposed to be for the better. But of course, you know, being as that change is something new and most people don't know what to expect, you kind of go or step into change with a little bit of hastiness, like, whoa, wait, what am I doing? <clears throat> Not to be long-winded about that. So, uh, S&G, selling no gimmicks. It is a lifestyle for me. It is a business for me. It's a motto, a phrase, a saying, whatever, right? And I've been doing that. And I've been doing that on this platform the best way I can. Um, but with change, and it's always going to be change. <clears throat> Certain things have to change. That name will be retired as what this whole conglomerate is. This business, this motto is. The, the company itself is selling no gimmicks. Um, what I will present to you, the listening audience, is sincerely, sincereness. So, with that being said, sincerely with yours truly, is open for business. It's open for y'all to hear, for y'all to see, for y'all to enjoy, so. The new change, the new name is sincerely yours truly. So, <laughs> what's the difference is that, to be honest with y'all, I got away from what it was that I would like to talk about, what it is that I was trying to get across because, me, I probably heard that shit before. I wasn't trying to be like nobody else. Don't get it twisted. But yeah, it's just a little different. It's just a little different. But we'll move along. Sincerely, yours truly, it's going to be a totally different platform of things. That's all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> I would like to think that I get to the ears of different ethnicities, different colors, different creeds, different personalities, whatever. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I, you know, I'm black man. I'm sure I get to black people, <clears throat> and I and I, I really feel like we black people, once we get our hands on something, once we know about it. Once we learn it, 
I think we turn it up a notch a little bit. We we definitely go ahead and make this shit a little cooler. Honestly, sometimes make it better. Put more insight on it. Just it's something that we do. We got the we got like this touch, this Midas touch. Yeah, when we get into something that's not particularly crafted around us and the culture and everything, it becomes a little cooler, it becomes a little different. Um <laughs> me being an avid wrestling fan. Wrestling, you know, definitely started off not really catered to me or black people for that matter. But you have wrestling fans. And yeah, I know most of y'all be like, man, I used to wrestling, watch wrestling when I was young. But I don't watch that shit now. That's cool. I still do. You know what I'm saying? I can be a blurred. That's black nerd. <clears throat> That's I mean that I like this shit. It's cool. I mean it's a it's a culture and then there's a subculture. The subculture being like some of my favorite rappers like wrestling, Wale, Smoke Dizzy, Westside Gun, Benny, Island Boys from Griselda, all that. And I mean, these niggas is really fans. Like, attend matches and, you know, attention and attend, like, WWE stuff and AEW and all that. They're really into it. Have songs named after it. Have albums and mixtapes and projects named after famous wrestling shows, famous wrestling people. And to be quite honest with you, you know, Wale, shit, every time the biggest show in wrestling come up, which is WrestleMania, he throw a whole damn concert that has the culture of rap, music, whatever, intertwining with wrestling. I mean, it's cool to know and to like something and be in the culture and not cater for you, but you make your niche and you find yourself in it and you turn it into something that's cool. Simple as that. So every so often on my Instagram page, um, underscore XX Darnell <clears throat> and, it's the, and that's just me and I put up certain things and stuff like that. I champion, you know, of course, the black athletes and performers and superstars of AEW, WWE. Um, you know, definitely when they win, I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm not like no half a fan or like a casual fan. I'm really into the shit. So if I see somebody that look like me. Winning the championship is going up there. Simple as that. It's just you shouldn't be hiding the things that just because it's not created 
and they didn't carve in lane for us technically, then we shouldn't be able to sit there and fuck with it outside of our the bubble. So yeah, so recently I put up um, Sasha Banks, who black um, wrestler for WWE, and Naomi, another black wrestler for WWE, Bianca Belair, another black, and all three of them are women, and all three of them are current champions, right? <clears throat> and who cannot appreciate that? Three black women champions in wrestling. To you yourself, you're probably like, man, alright, but you know, what's the importance of that? The importance of that is the fact that we are winning in all facets of different things. If somebody wins the NASCAR, which is a predominantly white sport, that's black, that should be champion. When somebody wins in the NHL, which is predominantly white, you know, Canadian, Russian type sport, it should be championed. We got football and basketball on lock. I mean, that's no secret. It's no secret at all. But these other things we can find our niche and curve in. You know what I'm saying? With music. Yeah, we all listen to rap. We all listen to R&B. Some with acquired taste listen to jazz, gospel. Um, Not acquired taste, but... You know, some uh, you know, that like other genres of music, we listen to it. Well, shit. And we ain't gonna sit here and act like we ain't listening to MCV, neither. VH1 and all that shit. When some of them catchy alternative and, and rock songs came on and, you know, they're in our head. Well, me, for the ones I do remember, yeah, I put them shits in the playlist. And yeah, I listen to them shits. And yeah, I still find new, different, alternative music because some of that shit do be, you know, it's catchy. It sounds good. It's really no more we inside this bubble and we fuck with that shit and we internalize that we fuck with that shit like... I ain't gonna tell everybody that we fuck with it, but you know, I fuck with it. Nah, I fuck with it. That's it. Why I got come up to me, I had a Guns N' Roses shirt on. Guns N' Roses is a very famous rock group led by Axl Rose. Go ahead, look it up. And he was like, that's a dope shirt. Now, of course, with white people, you know, and me being somewhat of an overthinker, now, most people probably, like, what the hell he know about that? Like, he one of those type people that wear shit because it look cool. And most people do. Like, don't get it twisted. Most people do wear shit that they know absolutely nothing about. 
like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm with that. I, I fuck with all that shit. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. And that's all you got to say. If no, you don't, then it's fine. But don't be a poser. That's how they, you know, don't be somebody else you're not. Don't sit there and wear something that you don't know shit about. Because you look like a lame. Just saying. Excuse me. So when he told me that, you know, that was a dope shirt, kind of felt good because I knew about it and it was a dope ass shirt. (laughs) Just saying. But all in all, we just, when it comes to black people, we move the needle. And what I mean is that we move the needle in anything that we do. We put we put this magic on it. I ain't even gonna say magic. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I say magic. We got this magic on it. We have this this thing, this aura around us that makes shit super cooler. And then in the long run, you know, people sitting there and steal it. Who invented rock music? Who really invented pop music? We know where rap come from. We know where R&B come from. So really, it's a fact to say all that. Yeah, all this shit. We really, we really got our... We really got blueprints and we really got our hands in this shit. And I think sometimes we get away from that, so we just stick to what we know. No, I'm good. I'm trying to not stick to what I know and and learn a whole bunch of things that really ain't carved out for me. And then learn that and then take what I know, add that to that. And build something way different. Back to my stance with wrestling. You have, I have my favorite wrestlers, and most of them are white. <laughs> your Shawn Michaels, your Edges, uh, your Stone Cold, your Undertakers, um, Triple H, whatever. You know. But to top it all off, the best one technically from that era is. Black and Samoan. Referring to The Rock. Now, between The Rock and Stone Cold, it's like one and one A. And the reason why I say that is because I've never seen where two people rose in trajectory and popularity when I was watching this shit in like the mid, late 90s, and watching this shit and watching them climb and climb and climb at the same damn time. It's like, who can we fuck with? One is a heel, one is a face. Heel meaning he's a bad guy, face meaning he was a good guy. You boo one so bad that it was cool to boom. And you clap and cheer for the other one. 
even though he was like, don't trust nobody and the anti-hero, but we just liked that shit because he was against everybody, which is Stone Cold. He booed the other one because he was so cocky and, and brash and an asshole, which was The Rock. But we've seen it, and I've seen it. And for those who were young enough to see it and understand it, it was something different. But, you know. But The Rock did. What The Rock did and what it propelled him to is something that a lot of people should take notice. Now, majority of y'all would probably think that The Rock was a movie star. What y'all talking about? He in Fast and Furious, he Central Intelligence and all that, Jumanji, like, what y'all talking about, Rock? He was a wrestler? No, he wasn't. I had to sit here and tell somebody near and dear to me that he was. They didn't know the origin of the Rock. It just came, like, the man just came out of nowhere. So me, when I find myself in my spare time, I go back, look at the old... Monday Night Raws and stuff like that from like mid to late 90s and let me be the first to say them shits was a little bit what the show title intended raw and it was crazy a lot of shit was going on that my 9 and 10 year old mind didn't understand but now my 30 dot dot year old mind would understand (laughs) it's crazy um, entertaining. It's always you. You, you kind of get this moment where you find like you in these memories and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh shit, I remember that. And then some shit they done took out, and it's like something is missing right there. That shit just kind of jumped for the era we live in. Some of those things is is not. Something that anybody want to hear or talk about. Just being honest, you got away, get away with a lot of stuff back in the nineties, because ain't nobody was really sitting there talking about it, or, for lack of a better term, bitching about it. All I'm saying is, is that. You have this, you have a, you have this thing that up until a certain age, it's just like, why the fuck are you looking at that? Like, that shit fake. Like, what's up with you? <clears throat> and then you have people around you that tell you, why the fuck are you looking at that? That shit weird and stuff like that. Like, people like to use the word weird. Now, it's not the greatest word. To be called, but at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, I'm weird. Cool. I don't think it, you think it's weird to watch wrestling. All right. I honestly think it's weird the way your motherfucking pants to show your whole ass. I honestly think it's weird that you hang around a lot of niggas.
And it literally be like seven niggas walking together somewhere. And they be trying to holler at one girl. Like, that shit is weird. <laughs> when I went out, clipped up with a bunch of people I knew and stuff like that. But we separated. Because I'm the work the room type of nigga. I'm not about to sit here and be posted up with seven of y'all. But you know when it's when shit get shit get stupid and whatever, hey, come together like fucking transformers. I ain't nobody playing here. Or if it don't happen that way, I'm a fight and boop 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 my way up out that shit. Y'all wanna come later and help? Cool. But it 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 been me walking in this earth. Me and God just been walking this earth. So, yeah. At any rate, back to my main point. Black people have so many great things about themselves that we can sit here and jump into any role and make shit happen. So, when I seen in my lifetime, looking at the Sasha Banks, Naomi's, Bianca Belair, Three black women being world wrestling entertainment champions. And shout out to Miss Cargill being TBS champion on AEW and Scorpio Sky, who's a black man that wrestles on AEW. Um, and seeing, uh, Big E and Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley, who was, who were black men that represented WWE and championship, having championships at a time. I don't care how old you is, that shit is phenomenal. That man is a black man dominating in a predominantly white sport. And maybe that's not important to you, but when I look at that shit, I champion that shit, and it's important to me, so I sit there and post shit like that. And maybe it looks like, man, who the fuck is this? Big buff nigga with this championship and all this and da 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 and all that. If you don't know nothing about it, hey, it's cool. It's just the shit I'm into. If anybody black sitting there being a champion or being at being the best at what they're doing in a space and a place where this is not carving a niche off of black people, why not champion it? I'm just saying. It's a lot of things like... It's a lot of things that we can do to... Pardon me, expand our horizons. You do things to make, you know... I don't, I don't, look... 
to know me is to understand that ain't one particular thing that I want to sit here and do. It's not, uh, oh, you should do this because the trajectory of where black people are successful at is in that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I get that. And I'm going to conquer that. But I'm not trying to be no follower. And I'm also trying to conquer shit that other niggas wouldn't even sit there, or other black people wouldn't sit there and do because, you know, they might be a little bit closed-minded or, nah, I don't think that would be my area of expertise. You know, how the hell would you know if you don't try? I'm sure all them people that haven't sat there and named that are champions currently and the ones that were at a time, you know, thinking about their background on Bobby Lashley, who, if you never heard of Brock Lesnar, which I know most people have, um, Kurt Angle, uh, Sheldon Benjamin, another black wrestler, um, you know, he's from under that tutelage that, like, he came from that space. Um, Jay Cargill is like, you know, Miss Cargill is like a fitness guru. Like, you know, I think, and I'm not, and you know, don't quote me on it, but, you know, back in the day, God rest her soul, China, China was a woman who was not scared to show that she had a physique, six pack, arms, muscles, everything. That's Jay Cargill. Black woman that sat there and got a physique, six pack, it's still fine as hell. She's she's carving a niche for women to not be afraid to sit there and show that they are physically fit and still can look like a woman and still sit there and be a woman, regardless of my six pack and muscles and core and uh, you know my bleaks and all that and my my thighs are defined and all that, man. I'm still a woman. Respect me as such. Sasha Banks, not only a relative to uh, the great Snoop Dogg, but her comeuppance was going through like the bottom tier of what we would call the G League of Wrestling going through certain smaller companies to make her way up to the biggest company of them all. Naomi, a former, uh, I want to believe, Orlando Magic, pardon me, cheerleader. Same way Sasha came up, lower ranks of wrestling to get to the point where she, you know, where she is now. Kofi, Biggie, and all them same way. And and the last three, Naomi, Kofi, and Big E, been doing this damn near 12 years. Bobby the same, about 20. Sasha, at least about 10 years. The great thing about it, Miss Cargill probably been doing this for maybe two years and is a champion, just wrestling for two years. So, see, ain't, ain't 
Nobody can tell me that I or anybody listening to this podcast would be unable to sit here and do things outside of their mindset or what they or what other people think that they can do. No, 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 no. We're trying to conquer every little thing. Best thing I ever heard recently was no means next opportunity. Okay, no, then the next opportunity. We got to keep busting doors down. We got to sit here and keep making a way. And we got to sit here and not take no for an answer. Eliminate halfway supporters. Move distracting energy and all that shit up out the way to get to the main goal. Because some of the distracting energy could, quote unquote, be thought of is that they mean well. Well, you know, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. Nah, and you and you saying that thinking that you mean well, you don't. Like, you would tell me to go, you would tell me to run, you know, particularly not head first, but just you would tell me to sit there and try to conquer anything you can. Then if you do, you know what it is and next opportunity. And as I, you know, as I end this today, you know, this 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 space wasn't paid for me and stuff like that. I started this shit like in 2018 and where it wasn't predominantly something that I had all the tools to do. I just knew I had a whole bunch of shit in my head that needed to get off my chest, whether it was about music, wrestling, clothes, shoes, exercising. Um, relationships, whatever. I knew that I had a different take on all that shit. And I knew I had a different take on all that shit because I wasn't put on this earth to be nobody but me. Everybody is one of one. Now, if somebody admires that, they take heed to it, they sit there and say, I'm, I'm, you know, you put out this good energy for somebody to follow a certain path that you know, that's good. But everybody uh, are individuals and they, um, and we was put on this earth to have individual talent and individual thoughts and individual, individual way of moving and carrying ourselves. Whether good or bad. I mean, let's be real. So, you know, with that being said, man, speaking on wrestling and stuff like that, like I said, that's 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 my thing. That's that's what I like. And I see black people promoting legacy by being champions in wrestling. I'm going to promote that. Family member of mine, um, younger, uh, no, he's into wrestling. And what I see in him is what I used to be 
20 years ago. Looking at wrestling. Asking my people, hey, can y'all sit there and order me WrestleMania on pay-per-view? Yeah, I know that shit, $49.99. But I'm going to watch it, and I'm not going to turn the channel. Because as you grow older and understand buy rates, which is basically back in the day, that was a number or how they would accumulate the number of people viewing the pay-per-views. Could be in the thousands, could be in the millions. And if you have a high pay-per-view buy rate, the company is in good standing with their revenue and income coming back. So, yes. Being is that everybody had cable boxes, that's how they understood that people was watching. So, in my household, if I'm Chris, I'm buying this $50 pay-per-view event for you. You're going to watch all three hours of this. <laughs> and I don't give a fuck if Takamishinoku is fighting Funaki. <laughs> it's, on the, it's on the match card. You watching that shit. Even though I would want to watch damn, you know, Stone Cold and in the rock run for the IC championship and I'm painting the time picture this is back in ninety eight, so this is like ninety seven, ninety eight where it's like they weren't champions yet. But when you in the intercontinental competition and you in that space, this is just a step before you get to the championship goal. So, yeah, so even though I wanted to watch that particular match, uh, I had to run through a couple of jumps that I didn't want to. But that's the culture. It's the culture. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, you watch it, and I see a little nephew of mine sitting there liking it and, you know, buying 2K22 and... Uh, WWE 2K22, and, um, you know, he, he get a chance to watch, you know, Monday Night Raw before he go to bed a little bit, even though, you know what I'm saying, that don't, that don't like three hours long, and he go to school, and really ain't, don't need to be up past 11 o'clock looking at no wrestling, but, hey, I used to do it, even though when it was two hours and it used to come on from 8 to 10, you know what I'm saying, I used to do it, and watching SmackDown on Friday nights, and, you know, playing a game and then, you know, he sees somebody new and then he's sitting there and playing that character on the game. That was me. That was literally me. And every time he sees me, he always asks me questions and it's cool to sit there and be able to know about it, even though I'm, you know, I'm 33 and I'm sitting here and still watching wrestling like a kid. It's all good. It's just the shit that I like. And it's basically showing him, and I'm teaching him in a way or way that what you like might not be liked by everybody else, but who cares? It's you. It's what makes you. It makes you that individual. It makes you that that cool-ass person that like that shit and can talk about it with any other person. So I can applaud those type of things. I can champion all that type of shit, but we can sit here and be in different spaces. And conquer different spaces. Like these champions in WWE and AEW. 
like black people that do rock music and country music. So yeah, so <laughs> other than that, you know what I'm saying. Um, thank you for joining me. Sincerely, chose truly. Uh, you know, this is just. I'm. It, it's 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 a more. It's a changing of conversations versus what you may be used to with me. But well, I ain't gonna sit there and say we're not talking about the same shit no more. We we got to change our tone and attitude and thoughts about things because shit is changing around us. And if we don't particularly adapt to change or find a way to get with the change, then we'll be stuck. I don't want to be neutral. And I know for a fact I'm driving to move forward and nobody, and I don't want to go in reverse with nobody. It's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, till next time. Hey, hey, hey. Once again, sincerely with yours, truly. What's going on, good people? Um, <laughs> so, if you hear my tone and you know it's a very smooth and soothing, quiet storm tone, um, it's the return of the love doctor. <laughs> and boy, oh boy. I'm looking at the landscape of a lot of things, and it's not a lot of love going around, folks. Not a lot of love going around. Um, a lot of mishandling of situations. A lot of overreacting. Being, you know, sensitive and all that good stuff. It's a lot of that thing that, you know, that ain't got nothing to do with love going around. You know? Some can mask it as unconditional love, but nah, some of that shit is conditioned for motherfuckers that look like fools out here. Pardon my lingo. Um, without any further ado, we gonna get to it though. Um, now, for lack of a better term, <coughs> excuse me to slap her around the world have many different factors going about it but I'm not going to talk about the decision making from either party involved and we're not going to talk about the mental situations of either party involved because that's a deeper conversation but we will talk about the dynamic of what made one react and put hands on another by the attacker's significant other. We also going to talk about this thing that I like to call Unconditional love, right? Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> so without any further ado, let's get to it. Um, let's start at the end. We're not going through the whole thing. Will putting his hands on Chris Rock, unnecessary. Simple as that. Will doing it for Jada's look. As a man, an individual. You get no points for that. Don't get it twisted. You are Jada's husband. She is Will's wife. They are married. But as individuals, we have to understand that the actions that we choose to decide can be to the benefit or the detriment of the entire landscape or the thought of what people think about us. Now, talking about Will and Jada is a, how can I put this? Um, It's a complicated situation with perplexing positions. One can understand it if they have an open mind. One cannot understand it, possibly if they're narrow-minded. One cannot just be interested in it because they just don't give a fuck. (laughs) Three ways of looking at it, right? Being is that I'm a person that sees certain things and just kind of reads the inner workings of certain stuff. I'm not just going to go with the play that you, you know, you put out and just be like, yeah, I'm going to run with that. Nah. Not to bash anybody, but I think Jada being a strong, 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 strong black woman from Baltimore. We have this thing that when it comes to certain men who are men or are, are certain men that in the embodiment is a man, but let's just say they're not the most alpha male or super dominant, you know what I'm saying? Or have to, you know, like rationale is just particularly out the window and they just act off of instinct and emotions. And you know, some some women like that. I do you one better. Salt and pepper. Pepper. Pepper, who's on growing up hip hop with her son, daughter, niece. Yeah. 
Back in the day, her and Will had a little thing. Pepper being the type of person who like bad guys. You know, Will, you know, they took a, you know, they went on a few dates, went a few, you know, little industry things and stuff like that. Will buying her stuff. Ain't going nowhere. Why? Pepper ain't like, quote unquote, nice guys. And Will was so nice to her. And you understand it. She ain't like nice guys. So it didn't go nowhere. Um, that being said, she ended up marrying and being with Tretch. You know, Tretch, naughty by nature, you know, if you know what you know. Nigga walked around with a, with a machete. Enough said. Um, Will me in this, you know, in the 90s, Will's, Will was this rising person. Fresh, he was Fresh Prince. He was a rising budding movie star. He was, you know, the coolest guy, you know, the coolest guy. You know what I'm saying? He had all the Nikes, all the women. All, everybody laughed at his jokes. Everybody watched his TV show. Everybody... Gravitated to his movies. Jada still this, you know this, this tough cookie from Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you get older and stuff like that, and once he's sexy and she's fine, matures a little bit. You start seeing the cracks of people, their personalities, and some damaging and red flag things do come up as you mature and grow up. I'm just saying. Bring it back to present day. Being in an open open relationship, I don't think that not a lot of people can do that. I don't care if you have money. Not a lot of people that do that. Because there's a lot of insecure-ass people with millions and millions of dollars. Hollywood is full of insecure people. It's just a fact. You see them, they dress to the nines and, you know, whatever fashion designer that they know and makeup and, and, and surgeries and all type of shit. But they are the most insecure people. And this is not a knock to Jada and her alopecia and everything like that. Uh, why anybody would feel a certain way if they lost their hair from a condition that they can't control. Hot take. You can control your thought about handling certain things, though. You can control that. You can control... how you present... 
yourself, your family, your marriage as a whole. You're already out here, you know, it's, it's, it's lights, camera, action every day, whether you're not on a movie set, because you're famous, because you're a name, because your family is a name. Because individually, all four particular parties of the Smith household are famous. Two of the four is on a platform with Jada's mother on Red Tabletop. Jaden Smith is a, you know, a superstar, you know, a star in music. And Will, you know, can't say enough about Will. Whether you make good money, great money, Superb money, proficient money, infinity. I don't think an open relationship is suffice because one is going to get jealous of the other's actions. Now, whether we knew it or not, Jada having this little entangled situation with one August Alcina. It's an open relationship. Let it be known. Uh, whether they, uh, you know, whether they sit there and say it in the open or whether it's in private. Well, Cardinal said number one, you're not going to be bumping in the same household that we share with a dude that's staying here. I mean, I'm just saying because I, I'm, I'm a man. You know, I mean, we in an open relationship, we do this cool, not in this house that we live in with a guest. Nah, 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 nah. Cardinal said number one. And we see Will on a crusade of, you know, saying very positive things on his IG. He says positive things. He does positive things in interviews on Breakfast Club and, and, and Elliot Wilson and stuff like that. He said positive things, positive things. Every time you hear Will Smith, he's always saying positive things. I always go back to the phrase, who is making sure that the strong person stays strong? Who's looking out for the strong person? Who is the therapist therapist? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, in all honesty, shit, I feel like that. Now, people come to advice with me and stuff like that. Come talk to me and stuff like that. I don't have all the answers, but at least in my experiences, I try to have a conversation with people, not to tell them what to do, maybe how to do it, but, you know, you modify it your own way because if I tell you something and I'm wasting my time telling you something, you do the complete opposite, then we ain't talking no more. And don't look for advice from me. 
Just me and Rio. So Will does this, and you see him, and we listen to it because it's good, and we, we, we intake it. It's, it's awesome. But I feel like sometimes Jada takes her platform and things to kind of belittle him a little bit. I might be wrong in saying belittle. You know, everybody has these simple answers to everything. Fuck feelings. Don't worry about what somebody think about you. Nobody cares. Work harder. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I I go by them. Cool. Right? But there's a human side. There's a human side that tells us that we love somebody. We care about things. We don't want to see things broke. We don't want to see people hurt. But then you have somebody on the other end of the spectrum and be like, fuck them. The best way you can sit there and do that is put all that shit I just said and put it all in the blender. It put the fuck them and the care and kind of put it together, make this smoothie. It comes out, uh, have a healthy balance and combination of both, right? But then when you're in the public eye, how the hell can you do that? When you feel like your significant other is taking time to sit there and throw little, you know, premeditated jabs at you. What can you do? Where's the love? Where's the privacy? Where's the reservedness? Where a check on reservedness? Where's the things that we don't need to sit here and let any and everybody see or hear? I don't need to know what y'all doing in y'all bedroom or if Will is not, you know, bringing his all. I don't need to know uh, about y'all open relationship and what you might have done and this, this, and that. I don't don't even need to know that you needed to tell everybody that you didn't want to marry Will. And we back, brief call, brief pause for the cause, pardon that. So um, what I was last saying, we just did not need to know so much inner workings of y'all relationships. But like I said, public eye, they, they in it. So it's just like, what can you do? Um, the thing about that is, is that As a man, sometimes 
there are certain instances where you have to show that you're a man and then you're a man of principles. Like, if somebody loves you, they know. And when I say love, I don't mean just they love you because you look good, you're sweet, you do things for them. No, they, they, they unconditionally love you. That if things go, hardships happen and things happen and you make a mistake that if everybody throwing rocks at you for making a bad decision, they'll shield you from those rocks and make sure that you're good. If you are down and out, that they lift you up. They don't sit there and join the crowd because it's the thing to do when the majority is against you and it's just like, I mean, I might as well, I might as well believe what they're saying. Some people do that when they just love somebody because they just don't know. Now, unconditional love takes time. It takes a lot of trust and loyalty and things and all that stuff. But once you're married, it's definitely something that should be instilled or should be solidified. In my way of thinking, when it comes to marriage, unconditional love should be the root of how things are handled and carried. Just my thoughts and understanding. For Jada to say and kind of exude certain, a certain attitude towards Will makes me think that there's not a lot of love for him like that. There's not a lot of unconditional love. Take it off then for a second. If modern day people on a platform like Facebook or Instagram and stuff always run to their page or whatever and talk about their affairs and relationships and stuff like that. And let me say this and be clear about it. A lot of people do that. I don't understand it. I was never one to sit here and particularly look for validation and everything for that and needed somebody to sit there and tell me that. But to be honest, why the fuck are you looking for validations in strangers? Do they know your life? Are you fucking them? Is it something that they have on you to make them have an opinion about your private affairs? Of course not. So with that being said, when you put private things on a public platform, what are you trying to get out of it? Notoriety? Uh, some type of validation from somebody who don't know you? Peeping times and opportunists trying to see if you're about to be single so they can sit there and hit up your DM real quick? Are you 
Tell me what happened. You know you can call me ass niggas and females. Just saying. It's <laughs> a lot of opportunists around that would love to know some tea, if you will. When Jada have these red table talks and she speaks on things, it should be some things that should be off limits. As a man, man of the household will, those things should be off limits. And the foot should be put down. And I'm not coming on this platform to, I can come on a platform to be transparent. But you're not going to drag me through the mud. You're not going to throw me under the bus. You're not going to make me feel like you made a decision to be with me and then turn around and tell the public that I didn't want to marry you. Sincerely, you got me fucked up. Then also, since primarily, primarily, that the decision for me to walk on stage and attack and slap Chris Rock, to my opinion, honestly, is based solely off of the fact of your disgusted look on your face about the joke that he made. For you to then, two weeks later, tell the public again that you did not want me to slap him is a metaphorically slap to my face. Now I'm in limbo. Now I'm on the fence. It reverts back to this episode of A Different World. <laughs> In which Jada was on this episode, right? And I know it's a show, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I in this space, you have to give some... You know, you got to loosen up a little bit. So, in this episode, boom. Jada had her friends from Baltimore come through. This episode had Tupac in it. <laughs> um, they had her friends come through, boom. Tupac, her ex-boyfriend, Piccolo. You know what I'm saying? All right, bet. Piccolo... In the street, dude. No whole bar type of nigga. Alright. She messing with the 
college boy now. And, you know, sometimes life imitates art. Art imitates life. So, boom. Piccolo still trying, you know, trying to get his girl back. He ain't worried about the college boy. Yeah, I know you, that's your, that's your dude now, but we had what we had. And I'm trying to get that back. So that's why I came here to sit there and see what's up. All these little advances, little slick talk, little, I ain't worried about that dude. Led college boy to sit there and fight Piccolo. Now, college boy wasn't like that. Real reserve to his studies. Not the most alpha male, gangster, whatever, whatever. When the fight happened, they had to break it up without all that good stuff. Boom. Piccolo being Piccolo. The street dude, he fighting. He fight for what he want. College boy being a man. Sitting there fighting for the respect and honor of his girl. You ain't going to sit here and do or move a certain way as if I ain't standing right here. You ain't going to say or talk about my significant other while I'm sitting right here. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. She ain't your girl no more. Referring back to the different world episode. What happened at the end of the, uh, at the end of the uh, different world episode? Um, her and Piccolo had a side conversation. They chose to be friends and stuff like that. She knew how much he meant to her, but. It's just not gonna move and groove now because this is what I'm on. This is this isn't something new that I'm on. Cool. All right, bet. We respect it. <laughs> we respect that. Go back to college boy, who's a current man now. And tells him that he she respects what he did. However, I didn't need you to do that. Damn. Here I am fighting for your honor and you tell me that I ain't need to do that. Damn. Here I am listening to somebody making a poor joke. And I defend your honor and you tell me that you didn't want me to do that. Sheesh. That's tough. Getting back to the surface of this conversation. 
if there was a strong presence of unconditional love, none of this would have happened. None of it. So to me, when it comes to love, conditional love, unconditional love, uh, it's different. See, love is, love is admiration. Love is sweet. It's physical presence, attraction, whatever. Love is flowers, and love is, you know, the nice and sweet things. And conditional love is what you'll get if you do or match or you pass this particular test that you will get these, this, this love that I would exude for somebody else who have completed these goals, right? Conditional. Um, conditionally, <laughs> what, and what I trip off of just conditional love and stuff is just like, and both loving and conditional love intertwine because it's just still the preliminary thing. The the do, uh, what you need to do to get for me to love you. When it should be, honestly, just trust, loyalty, consistency, stability. Yeah, those things. And again, like I said earlier, unconditional love is totally different. It's sweet things, but then it's also the things that make shit strong. Like, the only way that shit can be successful is to have two people pour into each other. All their flaws, all their issues, all all of this, all of that. What you lacking? What are we gaining? What do you lack? What do you gain? How can we build each other? How can we push each other? How can we fix each other? Because we invested all this time, might as well. And I'm not saying might as well as a lack of a better term. Nah, it's just what should happen. And any issue that we go through, and however we sit there and go through it, can be fixed. Because if I'm going to sit here and say I love you, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you love me too, that just ain't no shit to say out your mouth because it sounds sweet. And some of the greatest R&B love songs are awesome. But Neo made me so sick of love songs. It took one nigga in like hundreds of years of R&B to sit there and say, I'm so sick of love songs. 
so sad and slow. Let me give my nod to Toni Braxton when she was saying that if there's another sad love song stuck in my brain like crazy. How subtle, smooth another sad love song was. Neo, so sick of love songs, it's straight to the point. So, you hear all this thing about love and all this and what, quote unquote, we think we want out of love is not everything. And I'm not saying right off the bat that you have to unconditionally love, excuse me, unconditionally love somebody right off the bat because that takes time. There's trust that needs to happen. There's loyalty that needs to happen. There is uh, an understanding that not to coddle me or, or take care of me, but if I do have a time by a step back that you won't step off or, and when I mean step back, it's like if, if something happens or hardship or something that in my plans or goals didn't go correctly, that you won't step off because, you know, you said you love me. So that's what all I can, that's the thing that I'm sitting here holding on. So I'm going to feel like there's not a lot of love. If you step the fuck off. I'm not going to feel it's not a lot of... I'm going to feel like it's not a lot of love if you sit here and go and say certain things and put it out to the public and make me look like a complete and utter fool. Because I feel in my opinion that's what Jada is doing. But again, individually, Will don't get no points for sitting there doing what he did. You don't get no points for doing it, doing what you did for your wife. You don't get no points for doing it as an individual, as a man. Me personally, panic at the disco. Said it best. I handle such things with poise and rationality. Handling things of poise and rationality. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how we handle things. But if it comes to the time where we have to put our hands on somebody, I I know when. It ain't going to be no haste. It's not going to be no uh, lapse in time. I know when to put my hands on somebody if they disrespecting my significant other. You don't have to give me no look. 
You ain't got to give me no Morse code. You ain't got to whistle. You ain't got to snap. You ain't got to do nothing. You ain't got to make no sudden moves. I know when to put my hands on somebody disrespecting my significant other. Because it's the, it's, whoo, child, ooh, I need me a wheel. I need me somebody to stand up for me like I'm, stand up for your black queen. Every single, quote unquote, grown woman, oh my God, will applause for Will for standing up for his black queen. He could have stood up for his black queen way better than that. With the individual thought to not slap Chris Rock. With the individual thought of coming up to Chris Rock as a man and saying that was in poor taste. Don't say it no more. I would have been fine with him yelling what he yelled and left it at that. But we have been under heavy duress and Jada been sitting there saying all this stuff and they've been making fun of Will for years and years and years and they've been doing this and stuff like that. Hey, you know what? Some people got to take accountability for some of the things. Yes, Jada on one hand saying a lot of things that she's saying in the public is crazy for somebody to be married. That is crazy, some of the things that she's been saying. Also, Will's been putting himself in this public eye and been in the public eye for 30 some odd years and he has to realize that there's some things and some looks that he don't need to do. You, your mama, and Willow, y'all can have red table talk. I don't need to be on it. I'm already this name. I don't need to be out there. I don't, you know what I'm saying? It don't. You want to talk about the entanglement shit? You talk about it with your mama and Willow. And then you also make sure that and say certain things that make people understand that, you know, hey, this is not for everybody. And I did this and I apologize or I feel bad or whatever. You want to sit there and say to make it right. But I don't need to be on that. And don't be on these platforms talking about our marriage. Talking about how I don't show up in bed. And talking about how I don't, you ain't want to be married to me. But why are you here? You married Mr. Men in Black, the extravagant Will Smith. Who's going to go at all stops to sit there and do stuff. It's way, it's way past nice guys finish last now. It's way past that. Because now it's like nice guys are doormats. Nice guys are, you can walk on them. Somebody who can handle things with poison rationality is not enough. 
I need me a nigga to slap a nigga if he say something out of the way to me. Certain words have a natural reaction. Certain words have a natural reaction. I'm not going to say that whether... And we're all human, so if you chose to do that, that was a human moment. It was a reaction. Ten-year ban from the academy. Cool, I just left. All right, but I'm banned ten years. Cool. Some of my projects had a halt. All because I'm, I did this thing holding down my wife because she made a look. And now I got to deal with it. In conclusion, unconditional love would have had Jada stop him from going up on that stage. Unconditional love would have had Will understand with, again, using poison rationality. There's no need to put my hands on somebody who, you know, not saying just by looking at them or whatever, won't. It's not the fight type. Even though Bruh got off punching ice tea in New Jack City, but that's not there, no there. Unconditional love wouldn't have Jada saying certain things in public places about private things, regardless if they're a Hollywood celebrity couple. Unconditional love would have been a public joint statement from Will and Jada, unconditional love would be I love my wife, I take care of my wife, I protect my wife. The shit was wrong what he said, he's wrong for what he did. We'll have a conversation as men. Me and my wife, who has been sitting here and kind of saying certain things and putting things out in the public, will have a conversation about the direction of what we want to be presented as such, because this is a united front. But the way she looks is a house divided. Unconditional love is trust, loyalty. Commitment, sacrifice. Leadership. It's not conditional. It's not for what one do for another to get the amount of love that I can show. 
You do this, you pass the test, you get this kind of love. You do this, you pass the test, you get this kind of love. And you keep going up like it's packages in the, for cable. You get standard, and you might get silver, then you might get gold. Then you get the ultimate. Like, what, what the fuck? Moral of the story today is don't ever tell nobody that you love somebody. And you don't know what that really means. And if you don't unconditionally love them, don't say that at all. If you're loyal to them, then be that. If you love them, then that's a whole different thing. When you put those two together, that's unconditional love. Till next time.